Pause by MW, we ain't talking about cars. Millennials versus the world, that's the pop. Mike the widow, decayed off of the line. And you better tune in, cause you know that we lie. Millennials versus the world is a ride. Born to win, and I win in that life. Voice your opinion, no wrong and no right. So get out yeah. our way, they riding our way. But we do not care, as long as you say. Millennials versus the world, Millennials versus the world. Millennials versus the world. Millennials versus the world. Alright, alright. What up, what up, what up, man? It's Millennials Rest of the World Podcast, man. If you know me, these two brothers in my life don't even need an intro, man. I got two kings with me that I rock with for a very long time. Uh, one look like he got his pajamas on, the other one look like he came ready. So it's <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. I got my brothers Jay and Lewis in the building. What up, y'all? What up? What up? What up? What up? Chilling, chilling, man. First of all, what's happening? You said what? It's your boy K. Mims. What's up, world? <laughs> oh my god, he's bored, bro. So anyway, man, I want to start off first off saying thank you, man. But um, what's your NFL predictions, real quick, bro? Let's get into that before we get into the nitty gritty. What's your NFL? I'm gonna, you bro. I'm gonna tell you something. The Rams look like a really balanced team that could actually do some damage, man. Uh, okay. They, they, they do. I mean, they're in my division. I'm a Seahawks fan, but if I have to be honest, they are well balanced on both sides of the ball. I'm a little ticked off about the loss that we had with Tennessee yesterday. Bums. You know, being that we were up like 30 to like 17. So it was just, you know, all four quarters, man. You know, and I know you're a coach, Lewis, so you you teach your kids all four quarters. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, his kid. Oh, kid. My bad. <laughs> but no, nah, bro, I got hey, I got a question. I ain't gonna lie, bro. We coming straight off the hip, straight from the rip, bro. Jay, you went out. Jay, are you still here, bro? Hold on one second. Okay, I said, hey, but look, we scoring straight from the hip today, bro. Uh-huh. I'm telling y'all right now, I don't want no, I don't want no pageant answers neither. Oh, oh, he came out. So how so I'm gonna ask you, Lewis, till he come back. How how long was you married until you realized that you weren't ready to get married when you got married? Nigga, my wife is here. My wife is <laughs> too. But 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 I'm pretty sure y'all had this conversation. No, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'm I didn't say you weren't ready now. I'm saying how how I'm long just, was you I'm married? Just, I'm just playing, dog. I would yeah. say year, year three. Why is that? I got married pretty early. My first year really doesn't count, right? Like we, I was half the marriage. I was gone with the military. Mm-hmm. Other half, it was really me getting adjusted to uh, being a father as well. Year three is when the repetition started. It's like, oh, yeah. this is what my life is now. You know what I'm saying? For sure. A lot of my friends moved. Our friends moved away. Y'all moved. You know what I'm saying? A yeah. lot of my friends started to branch out. Um, and it really became us. And I was like, man, what a, you know, I, I, the reality started to set in. Um, and it really became us really trying to identify and build build our marriage. And I was like, yo, was I really ready for this? And then you start to think like, damn, I'm 26. <laughs> I'm 26 years old. Like, you know, and and I see, you know, people that are, are just now starting to get, get their lives settled at, and at my age, they're 32 now. So sure. it was... Uh, it was definitely a, a reality check. And I was like, yo, do I really know what I'm doing? Like, do, do am I, and did I realize this was a lifetime commitment? Jay, what about, the question was, Jay, how long would you marry yes. until you, huh? No, my bad, because I skipped that on. You said, how long were you married before what? How long were you married until you knew, how long were you married when you realized you wasn't ready to get married? Even though you're ready now, 
how long was you married when you realized you wasn't ready to get married when you did? But you I, know, you I grew would, out I of would it, probably say, I would probably say for me, it was about 25, 26. I got married at 21. Boy. And I got married straight off. You did too, right, Lewis? 22? 22, yeah. Yeah, I got, I got married off Three pure, dummies. like, pure. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Hey, what? How old were you? How old were you, Sneak? Twenty-two. See, oh, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm letting y'all go. Y'all being all special. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get to the nitty gritty, bro. Go ahead, bro. Go yeah. ahead, Jay. I, I would have to say for me, I said what 25, 26. Really, really, if I'm being transparent, twenty-seven was the hardest one for me. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why because it's like when I got married at twenty-one. Obviously, it was you know you got married pure, you know, just off straight looks. Yeah, you know, you didn't think about principles. You didn't think about laying down ground rules. Either one of you, you know, you didn't, you didn't even know what you wanted at that time in life, sure. or you thought you did. Sure. So it's like, you know, when you start hitting those uh, speed bumps and you know, uh, stuff in your marriage and stuff that nobody kind of coached you on, you kind of got to go through it. As far as like communication, they always say communication is key, but it's really just effective listening uh, from my end because it's like when anybody can communicate. But I mean, if that person's not receptive to what you're saying or you're not receptive to what they're saying, you're not gonna be able to move on from anything. So I had to learn that and I kind of learned that a little bit late in my marriage. So it's like year 27, it was like, I kind of hit a roadblock and I was like, man, like, did I make the right decision? Like, am I, and you know, especially also too, what people don't understand, it's the crowd you hang around because if you, sure. if the crowd I was hanging around there, just Tapping like- that. Okay, bag, get in your bag. Man, you, just got, you got married at such a young age and, you got this going for yourself. And yep. you start to subconsciously absorb that stuff and not realize it and you bring it back to your home and yeah. you start to actually lash out without knowing. And then you're thinking in your head like, wow, these people are really rubbing off on you. So it's really the company that you keep as well. So yeah, 27 for me, kind of like the area that I was in, it was just like, I was second guessing everything. Like as far as like, hey, am I really who I think I am? You know, am I providing financially like I'm supposed to? What does a good husband look like and a model look like. Yeah, I was just going through a lot of mental stuff. What what environments had you feeling that way though? That, I think that it was environments just, that influenced you that made you feel like that made you kind of veer, if for lack of a better word, away from I don't want to say away from your morals and values, but like if you in certain environments, it don't help you value your marriage. It may make it more challenging. What environments made you notice that? Me honestly, what people, you know, contrary to popular belief, it wasn't like clubs or lounges or anything like that for me. For yeah. me, it was work. Like work yeah. when I talk to the older people, you know, I talked to the older guys that were married or, you know, newly divorced and all that stuff. And I started realizing that when I joined my job, you know, about 90% of the guys were married and, you know, we all travel. And then now that I've been working with this company for, you know, X amount of years, about 10% of us are married. And it started to make me realize like, yo, what's what's going on here? Like, and you know, they're starting to like, oh yeah. They'll start putting stuff in your head subconsciously like, yeah, well, this started out great for me, but you know, because you're traveling this and that, you just have to realize the strong bond that you and your wife, like everybody's marriage is built on a case by case basis. I can't mimic what you do in your marriage or what Lewis does in his marriage. I have to make what me and, you know, my wife do. At, that's my model. Yep, that's true. I, yeah, bro. but. I agree, but I don't think that really came into play. I'm 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 about to be 31 next week. I don't think that it came into play. Bro, stop trying to give yourself like a soft birthday shot. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> Lewis, I you know, did I start you know. that or did Lewis start that when he was like, yeah, you know, at my age, 32. Did I do that or did he start that? 
Yeah, but he you was like, yeah, I'm about to be 31 next week. Yeah, you got I just like, said I'm 32. 32. I didn't say when I turned 32. I just said I am 32. Yeah, like, bro, just, okay, shout out to Keenan for his birthday coming up. Yeah, Go ahead, bro. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah dang. AJ, AJ, does that, does that, uh, room have an iron? Yeah, it does. You just does that house? Does that house have heat? <laughs> hey, hey, but no, nah, I would say I would say back. I'm gonna I'm jump into mine, then I'm gonna jump into the other bag. So, like, I think I would. I got married at 22. I would say at 26. And my my main reason why for me, because I think that for me, bro, I was different. I moved away, like you was just saying. I moved away. No family, just me and her. I realized I wasn't ready to get married because I didn't start really putting my wife first until I was 26. Everything mm -hmm. else mattered. I would go home for any friend birthday. If a friend wanted to do something, it was like, I would cancel on my wife. Not cancel, but like, I wouldn't prioritize it that week. And then I would go there. I would go do whatever. And I think I realized, it hit me when this, bro. When I started asking people to do stuff for me, and I started getting the cold shoulder for their spouses, and rightfully so. But when they would ask me, it wasn't like that. And I would go do stuff for them. But I'm putting my house in jeopardy. I, I never forget, bro. Like... There was a situation one time where I, I had a whole weekend plan. I had a whole weekend plan with my wife and something had happened with one of my bros and I dropped our plans. No question. And just went now on the, I'm thinking on the friend tip, like, yo, I got to be there. Da da da. And then my wife, like, I understand that. But like, what about our break? What about what we going through? Da da da. And I was just like, damn, like, I don't, and I don't get too religious about it too. Like, Spiritual about it, I think as dudes, we just make dumb decisions until we realize that ain't nobody else riding for you like that. Because how many valuable women relationships do y'all have outside of y'all uh, wives? I bet you it's can count on two fingers. Right, yeah. I think, I think that you hit on something, you know, it's important for us to, uh, if we don't have that that uh, that relationship with our mom, right, established with, with, mm -hmm. with how to treat a woman or, or how a woman can love uh, nurturing, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we don't realize that we kind of seek that in our wives. Like I'm, when I realized the white, the woman that I married offered me some of the traits that my mom did, you know, mm -hmm. the nurturing and, and, and the understanding in the, the, you know, the mild tempered uh, approach and allowing me to be me. Right. Um, and not, not so judgmental, not to say that my mom was all those things, but that's mm -hmm. what I got from her growing up. Right. I didn't really get that nurturing side of it. And uh, that's something that my wife does. Um, tremendously well and um, I think that we kind of whether we leave, but believe it or not subconsciously we look for those things in our in our spouse how old were you when you realized you had residual effects from your childhood man I always knew it I just didn't deal with it until maybe I was about 30 31 mm. I'm about to say I, I just turned 30 and I started dealing with mine at 30 no. What, what do y'all feel like those things were? Don't, hey, look, don't, hey, don't jump out of now. What do y'all feel like those things were? Y'all ain't got to get too nitty gritty, but what do y'all think those were that kind of really, if I put myself out there first, I think the number one thing that, that I dealt with, like in a, a reverse effect, probably too good, is like abandonment issues, right? So like mm -hmm. me feeling like certain people weren't in my life when I needed them. And now that they, now that they, I don't necessarily need them in that same capacity. I will overcompensate for new friendships and new relationships that came in because I set mm -hmm. I set the like platform to like yo, damn like who who wouldn't like this dude right here like it's like that but I realized that was a trauma response to me making trying to make sure people felt like they wouldn't leave no more 
So I overcompensated in a lot of friendships and a lot of relationships afterwards that ended up hurting me. But bro, after after you go to therapy twice, you have that that lady read. Well, it was a lady in my case read you down to sound crazy. Like yo, like this is not what this is not what you think it is. This is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. And I used to always question how I could kind of you know when I lost my mom, I kept it kicking. But like I can't get over why my dad wasn't there when I was younger. That make you question that. Like somebody passed away and you you keep kicking, not saying you get over it, but like you spend nights thinking about relationships that you could mend, but when you was younger. So I think that played a big, uh, you know, a big factor in what I had going on because shit, I ain't really, I, I can't even say that box closed. I ain't really, really address it like that. What about you, Jay? Uh, for me, uh, definitely one of my traits was um, that I'm dealing with still, but I, I've kind of, you know, got a hold on it is seeking validation. Uh, it was big for me because I met my wife at 14. Um, so I was coming from a transition basically from my mom to my wife. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And we've been together since we were 14. So sure. it, it, it's like, obviously, you know, as kids, you seek validation in your parents. So it's like when I transitioned, I was still a teenager, basically. So my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, at such a young age, I started seeking validation in the things I was doing. And what I realized as I got older than my marriage that that can hurt you because if you do something that, you know, you're just doing to basically seek validation and somebody's not appreciative in the way you want them to appreciate it, then it it, it affects you in a whole different way. It affects your mental in such a capacity to where it's like almost like a level of disappointment. Absolutely. Do y'all believe in the love languages? Say that one more time. Do y'all believe in the love languages? Oh, that was me. I was saying you projecting that onto her. She may not even know that that's her response. You know what I'm saying? She don't even Absolutely. know. And that's what, and, and Louis, real talk, that's what I was doing though. And and because mm-hmm. she wasn't responding the way I wanted her to, I'm sitting here thinking like, bro, I'm giving you everything you want. Like, what are you complaining about? And in actuality, I was doing all those things for her to make me feel like that. But I had to be comfortable with myself to understand if I'm going to do this, I need to do it because I want to. Absolutely. That's what i Do y'all believe in the love languages? Why are we in that yeah. bag up? Yeah, what I think everyone's love language is different though. Um, I think it's man, it's crazy, and I know this sounds crazy. I hope my wife don't get mad at me. <laughs> oh, she must be right there. Hey, hey, Jay, she must be right there staring at him, boy. She right there behind the camera. You know what's hey. funny, man? I, and I'm, I'm and this goes to love language, but I'm gonna get, get I'm gonna get to the nitty gritty, as my boy K Dot would say. Right? You already know. Like I, I asked my wife like weeks ago, and I never had this conversation with her. I said, baby, what do you like sexually? I asked her to tell me what she really, and I never, we've been married for almost 10 years. I've never asked her that before. Because you just thought you was the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, so I but I never kids, he was looking at them kids like, I must be doing something right. Right, yeah. but no, I had to ask, I asked that question. I was like, how selfish have I been? And, and we talked about it and she told me and I was like, hey, you know, I, I never knew that. You know, I knew what you, you know, you, you, you got, that's a love language. Like when you have sex, you know, this person likes this. After a while, this person likes that you do those things kind of routine. But have you really sat down and said, hey, what do you like? You know what I mean? What is it that you like about this? So what do you like about that? Like, I think that those things are important. So um, I think love languages sometimes have to be established, but sometimes it's also uh, just developed over time. Mm-hmm. So, so we will get back to love language, but now I heard you say, what made you, not necessarily like everything, but what made you hit that angle? Like, you know what? Let me make sure she's happy about this. What came inside of you to make you get outside yourself to ask her that? 
selfishness because I wanted certain things. But oh, instead damn. of me, but 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 no, but but I I'm a, I'm a self-reflector. So before I do anything or project mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. uh as Jerome was talking about, before I project, I said, well, let me check myself. Damn, Louis, you about to see her and say, hey baby, why don't you do this more? But have you ever asked her what she likes? And I've Fact. never told her Fact. specific That's things that I like. So I was like, well, damn. And then it, we had a really good, and you know what's funny? It didn't lead to sex, but it 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 opened up another door to our relationship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, but we had a mature conversation about sex, though. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's. I had, I had to realize that in my marriage too, just to kind of add on to that, man. It's like the questions that you normally don't ask boys get on here, boy. Yourself, they're doing me fine. My bad, like, bro. The stuff that you like when you ask those questions, you will be surprised how open your and honest your wife will be or your spouse will be with you, because mm-hmm. we never take the time to do that. It's like we think, oh, it's been working this long, like you know. But it's like, yeah, that doesn't mean that you know you have to evolve with everything. But I think Absolutely. this too, though, I think another thing that we don't talk about a lot, asking that question, you got to release your ego in that moment because you may hear something. You got to, you you may hear something. Like, I, I, I always say this. Dudes have a tendency of, like, thinking that we're the ones that have it all. Like, you ever seen a dude walking somewhere? I'm like, yo, ain't no girls in here. But you're automatically assuming that they see you and think that, oh, there's a lot of guys in here. Or there's guys in here because you think they see you. But we never, right. we have a bad habit of, like Lewis just said, like he was about to ask for something. He's like, yo, let me step back real quick. Because in our mind, and if y'all gonna be real, if you walk in the spot, say you got what, you know, your Sunday's best, not Sunday's best, but you dress to the tee Saturday night when you walk in the room. Born to win hoodie. Yeah, hey, call it what right. you want, you know, born to win. No, I'm saying, I'm saying real talk. Yeah. Tap in, tap in. But anyway, yep. if you if you walk into a room, a lounge, a club, a party, you don't ever feel like there's not a guy here that's attractive. You always feel like once you walk in, like, oh, I'm here. So dudes have a bad habit of thinking that we're the ones that supply all the pleasure, if that makes sense, or supply. Well, that's that's how we we were trained, though. We were trained to think that way Uh because you're the... Because you're the dominant, because you're the alpha male, you're trained to move in such a manner because your your presence, your uh, aura, and your uh, energy and uh, dominance translates to a woman when you walk past it. She feels that. You get what I'm saying? But at the same time, not only does she feel that, you got to understand and know, and you have to be honest with yourself and, and ask yourself, do you feel what she's feeling? Because you can think you're the alpha dog and think you're handling business, but then, like you said, you're not open-minded and you ask her that question. She's like, Realistically, I ain't been sexually satisfied for the last five years. Let's define. Then I would. I, w- I, w- I would have to ask you. Let's define alpha. I think alpha. I mean, I consider. I. I don't. I don't. I don't like to proclaim. But if you are, you are. You are. If you that dude, you that fucking dude, bro. So mm-hmm. I'm a. I'm an alpha male. And the reason why I say I'm an alpha male is when I walk in the room, I don't give a fuck who's in there. I'm mm-hmm. in that bitch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. when I leave that room, you're gonna know. Who, you're gonna know who was in there, and you're gonna know who left that room. Okay, and I don't give a damn about how anybody feels about that. Now mm-hmm. I'm getting older, but some of that shit don't mean as much to me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, at one point in time, it's like you gonna fucking know who I am. Yeah, right. So, so what made you get out of that? Never left. I don't think it ever left. I think what you realize in your maturity as you got older is that when you are dominant and you are alpha male, you don't have to say anything. You your say presence will speak for itself. Right. It's always revealed, and I think for me personally. And I think for me, you know, you you know when you're that person, you know when you're that guy. Because people don't realize, like, if you ugly, I heard somebody say this, if you ugly, you know you ugly because people have told you you ugly. If you handsome, 
you're handsome because people just told you you're handsome all your life. You right. know what I mean? So I'm saying, so for me personally, like I know, I know what my gifts are. I know what my limitations are. And um, whenever I've stepped in a place, I've been a leader. Like that's just who I am. I've always followed, but then eventually that opportunity came for me, for me to lead. And, but the reason why I regressed on that is because obviously when you're out with, you're going to create enemies. People don't like that presence. People don't like that dominant or, that, or uh, and people, one thing people hate is people that are sure of themselves. Yeah, buddy. Yes. You know, people hate yes, that. Sir, that bad, Glory B. Yeah, it's their insecurity that makes them feel that way. Because I could walk in a room with another alpha and show respect. Yeah. But if that alpha, that alpha could be insecure and be intimidated by me. But that's why I say I don't care who you are. Like I respect you. I can respect what you do. But I'm here. You know, Kenan taught me this. You, I don't know if you remember this. Here, my here he go. Here he go. He did teach me this. I'll never forget. He, um, you told me you played John Wall in high school in basketball, right? Yeah. Well, I, I know John Wall was giving your ass the business, and you said, "Hey, bro." <laughs> I'm for real. I'm no kidding. For sure. like, I do. Like, hey, he got to guard me too. Yeah. Hell yeah. On, on every now, day. He probably, I... only got, he probably only got two points, but he did have to guard. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I put it to you <laughs> like this. I put it to you like this. I did, I scored 12, but I wasn't like a super scorer in high school. And But truth be told, truth be told, like I wouldn't consider myself fried because we zoned, but like, I think two things that stuck out. Hey, I did have that. I had that mentality and everything. Like, I don't even care to this day. Like, if you, for instance, if I go on a job interview, most of the yep. times we think that we're bringing, they're, they're blessing us. No, I'm bringing a blessing to your job, too. Like, I'm bringing, yeah, I'm you, bringing hey, ability you to you, too. Times. Huh? You told me that multiple times. Yeah, bro. That's like, true. but the thing is, when it comes with it is, you when you know you're walking into a room that you bring 100% value to, you don't question it. But I think sometimes it's harder to get in a big room and understand what part of the room you have value in. Because there's some rooms right. where you come in and like you, you said, say again? Yep. So you go in some rooms, you don't have that same type of value. You, you don't, figure you it don't. Out. So you maneuver differently knowing that I got to get in this conversation to understand certain things first. Then we may get in another room later and based off the conversations that I'm having, I build upon that. But on the alpha right. thing, on the alpha male thing, I was going to say real quick, I think this is the biggest trait of an alpha male. Uh, and I absolutely agree with everything y'all said. I think I realized as I got older, a lot of alpha dudes run with other alpha dudes. And I'll tell you why. If if you are an alpha male to me personally, like, you know when it's not your time. So yep. in the same thing, like, if you're in a, a group of alphas and it's this specific dude's night or say, like, like, like it's just his time, another alpha knows how to step back. Like, all right, bro, do your thing. We, we running it up this way. I think right. when you come into that beta man mentality, that's when like jealousy and security, like I'm, I don't understand what's going on. And the number one yeah, thing, yeah, like why, why everybody talking to him? He ain't even like that tonight. Yeah, you know, bro, like, you're yeah, like, bro, this, yeah. Your, this your man's. Yeah, bro. And then the craziest part is the craziest part is is like when it comes to the alpha trait. Uh, the, a lot of people mix aggression up with with uh. Alpha and aggression has nothing that, to do with. That's good. That's good. That's you, good. I'm glad you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'll be like, mm -hmm. and, and then you could even think about if you think about one of the times at your job, right? Or think about time at a function, and like you don't know anybody, but thirty minutes into it, everybody to migrate to your side of the room, even if you're not even trying to make yourself that known. So it's right. things like that where energy, where your energy can control a room, and it don't even matter. But that that shit can honestly play against you sometimes too. 
It can. I think you just mentioned it's security, right? Like you just know who you are. I think yeah. an alpha is just knowing who you are and knowing how to get to your destination. Like I don't. Yep. If it takes me being, if it takes me being a subordinate to get to to to, to a top level um, role or you know um, position, I'm gonna do that. That's what it takes. You know what I'm saying? People are. I think true alphas understand whatever it is, the task at hand, and they're not going to allow any circumstances, whether it be beyond outside or, or things that uh, they are beyond their control to get into, get in their way. And uh, that's what I believe a true alpha is, but mm -hmm. announcing my presence being down. I used to, I used to think um, that it took me to belittle people to get ahead. You know, oh, I saw a card. I'm going to be honest with you, Kenan. That's, hey, that's, hey, really that's real, Louis. That's real, bro. That's real. Mm -hmm. Say what you about to say, though. You said I'm about to be honest. Say what you about to say. Me? Yeah, you said I'm gonna be honest, and then you stop. When I sold cars, I was in a car dealership. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, dog, it was a doggy dog world, right? I'm mm -hmm. coming in there. I'm, you know, in my early twenties. There's people that's been doing this shit for 10, 30, 10, 20 years. People, um, smart. They know it. They're trying to take deals away from you. You know, you gotta, you gotta really. It's a grind. Like that's a grown. What big boy saying? ATL. It's a grown man business. Like yeah, and it yeah, was. Right. It was right. They don't give a damn that I got a kid. You know, I gotta figure this shit out. For sure. Um, and, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't break through. And, and when I, when I, at first, but initially uh, when I did, I realized like, just be you, right? You can't be them. I can't mimic what any, what everyone else does. For sure. And, you know, once I was able to do that, I was able to see a lot of success, you know, and, and, and really compete and, and really be one of, one of the best at it. And, and once I figured out that it's not so much you just be, it's more to it than just your presence. It's about yeah. doing, it's still working. I think people, fail to realize like when they see alpha males or they see people succeed they think it just happens that shit does not happen that's right i can sit here and say to both of you guys like and i i can sit here and say to both of you guys that you guys are successful black men you've got families people think they can look at you now and be like man he's lucky no the fuck he ain't you didn't see yeah. what this dude was doing 10 years Boy. ago oh oh my god yeah you see what I'm saying? people ain't willing to make the sacrifices that we've made in order to have the success if exactly. something were to happen right now, I'm not above going working at McDonald's and, and working my way up and making it happen for my boy. Big facts, sure. big facts. You see what I'm saying? Like, I and I meet people in the early 20s that talk, be like, oh, I ain't working there, I ain't doing that, you know. And I remember getting picked on when I was at Wendy's, you know, before I got the car, man. <laughs> I, I remember people picking on me, but I, but I remember people picking on me and shit. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But in my mind, I'm like, it's just all in a plan. And the irony is the same principles and values I got from elevating in a fast food restaurant, I bring in the corporate world. Honestly, yeah, yep. just, just to be honest with you, it's, it's further prepared me to be in the position that I am now. So I think a true alpha is doing whatever it takes to get the job done. Yeah. And I think I, I think it's doing whatever it takes to get the job done, Lewis, and knowing what it takes to get that job done. Yeah. Because like you said, when you were in that doggy dog world with dealership, everybody's been in there. But what you realize yeah. is, no matter if you've been there for 10 years, 20 years, what you know and the angles that you take, Lewis, that's what made you successful. You don't try mm -hmm. to mimic what they did. Yep. You know, because that's what's going to make, you know, Keena, I know you think the same thing too. Like people get in that thing and it's like, it's good to, to have mentors and, you know, to kind of shadow people and kind of get that idea. But what people don't understand is you have to make that stuff fit into your lifestyle. Your thing. Or yes, you can sir. listen to motivation videos or whatever, a hundred percent of the day. But if you don't know how to implement it in your life, you're just going to be a goddess listening to video. For sure. Hey bro, you know, what's crazy, man that I don't, I, I know this one kind of take it left, but you know, one of the biggest traits I learned about being a, 
I'm gonna just say one of the biggest things I learned about being like around people like y'all, having exactly. tough conversations and learning how to disagree, bro. If you don't have people that's gonna like like people that's gonna challenge, it ain't even gotta be negatively, but they gonna challenge your position just to make sure you stand firm in it. Like just to have people around and bro, tough conversations are not had. I hate the fact that like in our culture, disagreeing, disagreeing means something negative. Like yes. we can, there's been plenty of conversations between the both of y'all I've had and we got off the phone when we talked for hours, but we probably agreed on three things and disagreed on like 50. But at the end of the day, it's like, you get off the phone and feel like, damn, I got another perspective. Like, I don't think I would do that, but like. Especially with Kenan, boy. Kenan disagree with everything. Boy, bro, boy, I, hey, everything. hey, look, and this is how you know he about to disagree. Well, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> like, here we go. Here bro, we go. Bro, this is all I'm saying. I, 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 this is all I'm saying. I do disagree a lot. I just believe that who gave us our norm? Like our norm was accepted by stuff we don't even we ain't really like like our norm is based off toxic silent toxic environments in in most cases. Now we've adopted as millennials loud toxic environments. I'm not saying our households was terrible. I'm not saying our parents ain't do the best they could. But like who's to say just because I came up like that now that got to be my norm? I give you an example. This happened the other day. I was talking to my wife and um I was talking to my wife. And we were talking about something and we were saying how something wasn't fair. Uh, we were talking about if, oh, if we had a big gathering, uh, you know, we, we got a three bedroom townhome. If, if, if who, who would be able to stay at the house? If it was like 10 people, would we pack up or whatever, whatever. And she was like, I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't feel comfortable. Like telling if it's more than what we can house, telling one person they can stay and then telling other people they got to get a room. Right. And I was okay. like, well, baby, I think if you have conversations, it's not that deep. And she was like, no, I don't think that's fair. And I'm like, what makes it unfair? Because because well, how we came up saying that you treat everybody the same or it yeah. makes it unfair because we're scared to tell one person like, hey, this is what we're doing. And people can say no. Like, help me understand where we get this logic of fairness from. Because it's a, a um, the, the logic of fair is like you said, because everybody wants to be treated the same, right? Do you believe in equity or you believe in equality? Say again? Do you believe in equity or believe in equality? Do you believe that everybody should get the same thing, or do you believe everybody should get what they need? I think everybody should get what they need. I think everyone should get what they need, because everyone doesn't know how to do the same with what the same thing, right? The same opportunity presented to one person will not get them as far as the next. Um, Yeah, go ahead, Jawan. I'm going to go on my Oh, no, no, no. You go ahead. No, yeah. Keenan, I agree. I understand where you're coming from. I think it's about presentation. I think you, you and I, I join sometimes. We talk in absolute. We talk in like an absolute form. You know what I'm saying? So when we yeah. say something, it's just it's just absolute, and it sounds harsher than what it really is. Because <laughs> really what you're <laughs> what you're saying, I agree with. But how you're saying it sounds very very rude i mean like borderline mean you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> but, but if you present it to someone hey we're going to let people who have kids be here because obviously the travel and picking and taking people from this place to that place and you know people that don't we, we're going to have them stay in the room right okay. if you do that then that's fair okay you know what i'm saying right. so I, if you're just doing it on what you prefer that's also fair because it's your house you get what i'm saying i do and so it's 
it's all about presentation. But what you're saying, but if you say it like that, it does seem a bit like, you know, it does seem a bit un unfair in, in, in absolute terms. So in absolute terms. And this is when the pod turns into an argument. Lewis, right, you can't okay. tell me. Go ahead and play devil's advocate. No, I'm not playing devil's advocate. You can't tell me you believe in giving everybody what they need because everybody can't. Fairness means everybody gets the same thing. That's fair. I give you 10,000, I get 10,000, Jay get 10,000, see who can make it do what it do. Mm -hmm. But what I believe is I may need 10,000, Lewis may need a, 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 a commercial building, Jay may just need, Jay may need a assistant. And that's mm -hmm. where we're at in, in the different things. So you can't say you believe what people need and then turn around and speak fair because giving what people need has nothing to do with fairness because it wouldn't be the same. I disagree. But, yes, I, just explained, but I did not just explain my situation. I explained somebody being there with kids because that's the need. Let's take that out of it, though. Take, let's, that's what, let's that's take that out of it. That's what I was about to jump in and say, too. What, I, what I'm saying, I was too, saying about the kids situation. I, that was a good example of it. You said take the kids out of it, but I said that when you're giving that example, that is an example of being fair, right? What you're saying is you're saying that if you take fairness out, like it's a need or a case-by-case -case basis, like you may need 10,000, you may need this, mm -hmm. but Who's to say you're basing their needs off what though? Off your personal preference? Like, no. Because if you do that, then it's still gonna somewhere down the line be considered unfair. Like, I think the, the the I get what you're saying, and I'm not. So basing... I, I got a question to you, real quick. Okay. How would you how would you pick the guest then? If you had if you had a situation, what was your response to what Brittany said? I mean, to what your wife said. Okay, so the only question I ask is like it's all friends, no like parents or nothing like that. All friends, right? Mm -hmm. Me, me personally, me personally, if it's a big, if it's like, say no kids, it's just all friends. I mean, okay. we've done the before, like, hey, bro, is everybody cool getting in the room? Because we don't want anybody to feel left out. Or I'm close enough to the people that I invite to my house. If we have a conversation, like, yo, I, I, I really can't fade no room right now. I communicate like, hey, such and such is going to stay here, bro. If y'all cool with it, uh, if y'all don't mind, we can split on this room, whatever the case may be. Because mm -hmm. again, I think somebody being vulnerable enough to be like, hey, look, bro, I really want to come up, but I can't fade the extra tidbit on this room. That be able to have those type conversations. And I know that the other people I rock with, we can talk like, hey, bro, look, this is what it is. And there's no judgment, no nothing. I would really just talk like that. If everybody could get one, that's cool. Me personally, me personally, I don't think it's that deep if we are able to talk about it. Like if we're able to say like, hey, look, bro, um, Hey, you asked me you asked me to come up and then you asked me to get a room like I can't do both right but before but, but before you have that conversation though your initial response is that you would just basically if everybody coming up with no kids you would just say hey can everybody get a room because that's fair that's okay I'm gonna say I'm not even okay I right, transition I'm, no, I'm, that's not fair no, hey, no, you, want, you think you want to shut down don't shut down on them brother I'm not that has more to do with preference than fair because if you think about it and you think outside the box, that's not, I would have to count somebody's pockets. Everybody got to have the same amount in their pockets for that to be fair. But you know what friends could afford to do that and wouldn't be offended versus the ones who maybe right. would need that opportunity to, to, to stay versus paying for them. Agreed. And your initial so, response was your response would be based, Yeah, your response would have to, you're, you don't think you would base your response off that? 
Yeah, yeah, I do. But what I'm saying to Jay is Jay said, if I tell everybody to get a room, that's being fair. No, it's not. If I know everybody's pockets and I know who can get a room and who can't, that's not being fair telling everybody to get one. Because no, no, I know no. I would say some I people said, can't do that. No, no, no. I said, after, no, after you have the conversation that you just said, and then you can determine who can do it and who not, who can't uh -huh. do it, that's different. What I said was when y'all were rapping, what was your first response? And you said, if no kids were coming, because you said take kids out of it. If no kids were coming, all friends, mm -hmm. you said, I would say everybody try to get a room first. I hate I use that example. Like, yeah, I was just using that example, but. Okay. 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 I'm about. In all fairness, man, I think the question is kind of weird, too, because you're saying giving people what's fair and what they need. But my what, what I think is rooted in fairness is based on necessity. So they go hand in hand. Okay. I, okay, I agree. Yeah. But I, and, and it do go hand in hand, Lewis. I agree with that. And I think to add back to what Keenan was saying is you would know the necessities and the needs of others after you have that real vulnerable conversation. That's the fact. Unless you That's have that fact. conversation and, and somebody's not open up to you, like you said, oh, we're going to get a room, but you only coming up there with $400 and the room is 200 Yeah. You done made a bad decision. I mean, I mean, but the thing, my initial, to, to give myself some clarification and not look like a complete asshole, what I was saying, what I... <laughs> What, what, the reason why I was saying, like, I'm not saying can't nobody come to my house. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is what I was explaining to Britt was like, we've been given morals and value. First of all, let me not even go there. We've been given morals and values based off environments that don't look like environments now. So the you have to upgrade those I love that. Values. That was well said. That was, that was well true. said. You, you know that what I'm saying? Well like said. our environments mm -hmm. that we came up in, they weren't bad. But like I tell everybody, from 08, when we all got on Facebook for the most part, to about 2013, 14-ish, that's the craziest growth the internet has ever had in, in life, bro. Mm -hmm. From oh, Now, don't get me wrong, it kept going, and it's their life now, but from when Facebook started in 08, straight computer, you had to do it there, to where it came to in 2014, 15, where it was like, you have your phone number, and then you have your social medias. Like, mm -hmm. we were not prepared in that world. In 08, we was in, we was either just get out of high school or about to enter our senior year or, or you know what I'm saying, or graduated. So right. we weren't even prepared to live in a world that looks like this. So with that right. being said, we can't take rules. We can take some of the morals and values because those things, you know, are, are timeless. But the way the world trends and works is not working that same way anymore. And that's all do I'm you saying. Think, do, you, do you think that uh, if I had to ask you guys this, do you think that that's why a lot of uh, relationships are leading to divorce and uh -oh. a lot of uh, marriages are failing because you have maybe somebody that's a modern thinker, whether it's male or female, or somebody that's modernizing? You have he a fan of Kevin Samuels for y'all that listen. I am a fan, but I'm not not to the you know I am a fan. But I like I like I like Kevin. I listen yeah. to Kevin too. I like I some of the I like some of the stuff he said. Not all. I do. Of I like some of the stuff he says too. But I'm asking that because I'm it, it goes with good with Keenan's point. He's making a good point. Like people are trying. Do you guys think that that's a, like a reason for some of the stuff that's happening now? In your honest opinion, I do. I think. I think obviously what you see. Um, I think people have projections. I think growing up for us, it was television. What television projected should should be what you see. And now you got the internet. Internet projected what you see. One thing my therapist revealed to me is that the quality of life and the family that I have now wasn't an image I saw. So where did I get that imagination? Where did I even have the imagination? Uh, the imagination to, to conceive something like that. And it came from TV. She realized that I watched a lot of TGIF and I saw these families that were well-to-do and did these things. And 
And that's the life that I wanted to create for myself, right? So um, even though I didn't see it. So I think that I do believe that these outlets do influence what we feel like we should, or the way that we feel like we should live. But like you said, uh, Jawan, is that you have to be able to apply the advice and the outlets to your situation and understand what fits you. So I'm not trying to be, you know, those images that I see. I'm trying to be my version of what works for me of those images that I saw that I want. There you go. That was well said, well said. Uh, uh, so just to make sure before I talk my trash, just to make sure the question was, <laughs> do I think the change in environments causes relationships to not be successful? It's the person. Uh, bro, I think this, I think two and a half things. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was about to say, I would give an example. And when I say change, I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on what I was saying. Okay. For example, you know, shivery and, and stuff like that, you know, opening doors for your woman, all this stuff. That used to be highly, you know, that used to be high on the list. But sure. now if you, you know, you compliment a woman, hey, you're beautiful. Some women are, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, he being thirsty. It's, it's, it's looked at so different mm-hmm. that it's like okay. some men don't even know how to move now. Ken, and I got a, I got a, I got a topic, man. But yeah, I got, I got to go back to that, Jerome. Hey, okay. bro, go, hey, Yo, we having a man conversation and I'm not chauvinistic or what have you, but society has changed and women have the power now. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the women rappers, they're, they're, they believe in dudes spending money and splurging and chasing after them and doing those things. I'm more yeah. traditional, you know, in a sense. Um, you know, I will say with that, I, I, you know, I believe in splurging on a woman that I love and my wife. But I'm Absolutely. not doing I'm not doing that on someone that I'm not invested in, or right. you know, or if I had made a commitment. So I'm not about to splurge on you. But the way that the, that the rap game and music and just the projection of imagery of women empowerment, they've now embraced. You know, I follow Bundle of Britney, man, and the reason I'm intrigued. It's not I'm I'm not intrigued by her. Who, the way she who, looks. who was it? Bundle of Britney. I don't know who that is. Go ahead, boys. That's the one that got the basketball player, right? Yeah, that's the one that yeah got yeah. yeah boy, she did him dirty, man. Oh yeah, 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 I know her. I know my bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, yeah, yeah. The one, so, oh, PJ Washington. Yeah, so she yeah. she, she yeah. posted something the other day like you can't turn her home into home into a house, but she's like, that's right, I'm both. And I was like, wow, we're at a point where that's being embraced, and I get it. Guys have been embracing it, and they've been you know praised for it, and it's a good thing, right? But the fact that you can you can put that image out there and some dudes gonna want to and go marry this chick you yeah. know what i'm saying and go give her everything she want and do and to me i'm like why you know what i'm saying yeah. why and oh but but here's on the same token if, I, if there's a dude out there proclaiming to be um you know uh, a pip or whatever the term is now and looking for a wife i would say hey bro it's gonna be hard for you to find a good woman you know what i'm saying because they they kind of know what you're up against but i i think women have really split flip what what uh the the roles of what we've known them to be or growing up you know in my opinion and this it's totally different now well jay, jay? i i agree with him 100 percent. the reason why i think it's like that lewis is because in those I times when it was millennials more versus the world <laughs> i get <laughs> hyped when i get hype i gotta let so okay when okay, that okay, game okay. down when i get hype boy okay so now, the reason why i think it's changed is because back in the day it was more traditional because you know, uh, women didn't have a, you know, women didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, money or different things to bring to the table. Now it's changed, Lewis, because now the average woman makes the same, if not more than the man. You know what I mean? And it's nothing wrong with it. I think that's great. But at the same time, what happens is, is 
when that mindset is taken on, it's the same way that we used to basically do when we were back in the day. When you had the money, you feel like you have the power. So mm. it's like, why do I have to listen to you when I make the same amount of money as you? And it's not about listening. It's about understanding each other. Because if you really look at it, and you, if you looked at the situation of the modern man and the modern woman now, if we change our frame of mind, we will be, man, further ahead. Yeah. Yep. We can build, build like you make You make $93,000 a year. I make $107,000 a year. And you sitting here, we're battling in the house about who's doing what instead of building together. Yep. I agree. Okay. So Go I ahead, got Jimmy. like, now I got, I had like one thing. Now I got like four. So, <laughs> so I would say this about, about, I think she really is like that. That girl, I think she's really like that. So let's just use one of the most influential women in the rap game right now, Meg Thee Stallion, right? Yep. I'm going to be super G, bro. And this is an unpopular opinion, but only spot you get authenticity and entertainment at the same time. I would argue that Meg is not really like what she is in her videos and her relationship. I agree with that. When, when I, when I that. see her with her boyfriend, She's I see a down-to-earth, really down for you, really would do all the things you ask. But when I hear her music, that's how she got to get paid. That's right. what got her on. That's the point, though. What you mean? Why does she have to rap about that? Why can't she be? Why can't it be? Uh, and I know we say submission. I submit to my wife in ways. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm not a saying Absolutely. to say it is like and she submits to me in certain in certain regards. Like mm -hmm. I, I hold my, I, I, my wife is. I don't. I want to say put on a pedestal, but I hold my wife in high regard because mm -hmm. of, because she's a woman. She does things that I can't even dream about doing, nor do I want to. For sure. You know what For I'm sure. saying? So and I think in every relationship they all have we all have roles. And I think just, you know, as a as a man, um, based on the way that we have agreed to 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 do our marriage, right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, I'm the I'm I'm the head. You know what I'm saying? But I don't make all I don't make the decisions. We make the decisions. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, right. if something goes awry, if something needs to get done, or you know, I'm the one that I, I'm being responsible. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the one to be looked at to hold it down and take care of business. So, so right. I'm, 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 I'm gonna answer your first question. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jay. No, I was about to say to add on what you were saying. I think Megan does that because that's what she has to do. Yeah, it's yeah. not a, a reflection of who she is. Fact, but it's right. like, but the, pro the problem is, is that we, the guys that are on here talking, we can see and decipher between that. The problem is that the young females and the young males that are out here that can't decipher between that, and they really believe what they see. Absolutely. That's the issue. So. I, I I agree with you, Jay, but I'm, I'm going to go back to what Lewis said real quick. Uh -huh. I, I don't have issue with anything he said, but I, I can break it down. Lewis said, well, why does it have to be that way? I think, and we talked about this the other week, Jay, I think we've come to a place, uh, our age group specifically, 29 to about 33, where we're stuck in the middle of un, like being truly authentic or understanding clout has something to do with success. There yes. becomes a point where you have to submit to the idea that whatever you're doing has to have a certain level of clout attached to it in mm -hmm. order for it to progress in the way that you envision it. You understand what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Sir. And, and that's just the way the game is right no, now. That's right? life. That's life, dog. It is. It is. But you said something else, though. He said he said uh, about women switching roles, submitting to. Uh, damn, I lost it. I remember that about the clout. He was saying how. Um, he submits to his wife, but before mm -hmm. that, he was he likes up. to make the decisions and be responsible for him. Oh, 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 oh yeah. But the thing is that that dudes don't want to talk about for real, for real, bro. I look at sometimes being the head of the household, like, and and this is a very unpopular opinion. That ain't really a thing, bro. And I'm gonna tell you why. 
is to me personally, this is my opinion. It's like a head coach. If you win and you got great players, if you losing, it's your fault. Like it's right. like, it's like if you look at any sport, any coach that's like killing it. Oh, bro, look at his team. But if his team is doing terrible, it's a bad coach. So I feel like in the sense that as a husband, I claim myself as the head out of protection for my family. If, if, if we if we doing great right. because my wife holding it down. But if we take the L, take me. Leave my family right. out of it because that's why I want I the head of the ship. You know what I'm saying? That's why, but that's what, that's what people don't – that's the thing that I don't think people want to, to, to talk about. We can We handle pressures. And I, not to say our wives don't, right? They, I think they do things that we, we, we don't understand, but we handle pressures that, that they don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like sure. the stress that I had as a man and having a family, I'm thinking about provision. Like, I, I don't want my wife to think about provision. I'm, that's something that I take on. But sure. she takes on the nurturing. She takes on uh, the, the birthing of children, which is something that I couldn't even imagine. You know what I'm saying? And that's not something I can take on for her. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, even if I wanted to, I can't do that. So we, th- that's what, that's how we framed our marriage, you know, to, to be that way. But it's stressful when you are, when you take responsibility, because a woman could be ahead and whatever, and based on however people choose to want to do it. When you're the one that takes responsibility of the home. And right. me, I take it as a man, traditionally, I take it as a man. There are certain pressures and responsibilities because people are going, and regardless of what society says, people are going to look to you to Absolutely. be the one you know, yep. people are gonna look for you to make those decisions, and that's what it is, man. Like I, you know, in in my dynamic, in our dynamic. But I think what, and what, I agree, and I think in, in my dynamic as well, like with with our marriage and, and how the thing works, it's more so like like y'all were saying, it is a head coaching thing. But what people, a lot of the people in our society, especially our men, what we don't want to be honest about is nobody actually sits down with their spouse and asks them, do they feel like they're like you, the core values that we're supposed to give them, like. You want your wife to submit and let you be the leader, but you're not protecting them in the way she wants to be protected. Meaning, you can't be the leader. I mean, you want to be the leader in the head of household outside, but behind closed doors, she's worried about the lights getting cut off. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, you're you're not doing your part, though. For sure. And that's what people don't want to talk about. But go ahead. No, 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 bro. I think think all this 110% facts. I think for me, what made me be easily submit to my wife, because the head of my household growing up was a woman. Like I, I'm used to a strong woman being in the crib. So me marrying one wasn't far from what I was used to. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, so I take it back to this that I never understood. When I was with basketball coaches, with teachers, I watched my mother have to stay strong to men that at the time she was doing it, it wasn't the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like when I see my wife have to do the same thing, I'm not uncomfortable because I watched my mom stand her ground, all five foot four to her, four of her, with dude, oh no, that's not what's or, or whatever the case, and it wasn't always confrontational. But the point I'm making is that strength that I saw never was always from a guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. My grandfather do it. My grandfather is more like, oh, you either going to do it or it's going to get done. So everybody that came to my granddaddy, he was like, are you going to do it? No, okay, I got it. So that's the two sides of it that I got. But Jay, the biggest thing for the head of the household for me, bro, that I think nobody talks about when you lay down at night. And the kids sleep. Well, my kid, but your kids sleep. You and your wife about to rap, and you look her in her eyes. You don't have it's Wednesday, whatever, whatever. That it don't. That's that doesn't matter in the most inti- intimate 
setting of marriage. That's very, very true. You know very what I'm saying? Like we, we, we will have this conversation because I think we need to have this conversation. But along with this, we need to prioritize where that conversation lays in marriage. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because Absolutely. I, I think it's situational. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? I, I think the situations are what determines who the, I mean, the head. Like if there's a decision to be made and there's a situation, then that's when you say, okay, look, we're going to do this. Trust me, we're going to do this. But you ain't walking around doing that every day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. walking around doing that and having that conversation every day. So I think I think that is true. I think it, it gets blown way out of proportion when you talk about being the head because it's the acts the acts that make you the head and they don't happen every day. <laughs> I will ask every dude that claim that claim he the head, how many yeah. hits are you willing to take? Right. How, 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 oh, how be, many times they be scared to take them hits now? Bro, bro, bro. Bro, scary, let me scary, tell you. Bro. What, tell me what a hit is. Tell me what your definition of a hit is. I'm just curious. Um, <laughs> uh, God, oh, me? bro. Like, okay, yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you a real one. I'll be really transparent because this is in my moment. Like when I first started my brand, like I had a crazy, I had a crazy month, and it was like when I had to, when I had the profits of everything that I had, I had a decision to make to get my wife everything she thought that where the money should go or to flip that joint. And honestly, it was one thing I don't play with, with business and, and job and careers. I don't let the house get touched. However, the month we had enough for, for more things to happen that she wanted to happen now. I saw it differently. And I argued to her, no, this has to go here because I believe this is the next step in this because this is coming with another bag behind it. It ain't happened like that. So the amount that she saw and the amount that I spent didn't pan out to the amount that we thought that I thought it was. Okay. So now I got to go back home. And even though I still got a job and everything at the house is kosher, as far as necessities, there were certain things we could have did, but I took a chance on myself and, and I had to take that hit knowing that like, damn, it could have got done, but I believe this, that's what a hit is to me. Or a hit is like, some people think having a house is everything but you may have to move back into a two bedroom apartment for a little while to make sure you get your life together. And that's what that I would be a hit. Or you could say, or you could say, you think a hit is, um, I, don't, I don't like doing, doing, doing the, the cheating thing because I, the apartment thing for me, me and my wife thought about it. This shit cool. We up on equity. We thought about taking it and the hit would be it looking like to us. Oh, damn. Like it looking to everybody else like, damn, why they move out? Why they back? You get what I'm saying? Because Dog, we, I'm living that. Huh? <laughs> I'm living that. Right you now. living that right now, Lewis? <laughs> what, what you, but, but you got to think about it. It may look like one, but is it really one? You but get see, what I'm that's saying? The th that's the thing that I think all of us don't have a problem with, if I can speak freely. With us, what we, when you word we're not worried about how the hit feels. We're worried about what's best for the situation. What I don't care what it looks like to anybody. And it goes back to what Lewis was saying. I know it was a kind of, you know, saying like, oh yeah, when I walk in the room, I don't care what people think. That's a real mindset though. Like forget about the room. Just if I take a hit, I'm taking that hit, but I'm knowing that I'm going to do whatever it takes to get us back to where we have to be. For sure. So Lewis, what do you consider a hit? So like when, uh, so when I got back, before I started selling cars, yo, I was working three jobs just so my wife could finish school. That's a hit. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a not hit. Hey, that's a hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. So I would expect her. Y'all remember we was all at Carmax together. I was working at Sears. You know, I was still in yeah. the reserve. I was doing all that. Dang, you know that saying? is right. That is. Yeah. Right. I was doing all that just so she could finish. She was waiting tables. You know, uh, at her leisure. She didn't have to work like that. 
Yeah. And I did all that to make sure that she didn't have the financial res- financial responsibility because when she got pregnant, the first words that came out of my mouth was, you're going to finish school. Like, I'm going to make sure you finish school. For sure. And to me, that's what a head of the house, that's what a man does. You understand the needs and you make the sacrifice yeah. to do that. And I would never ask my wife to do that for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I would never ask her. And I, um, Can I ask why? Um, I'm not, I'm just I'm, literally asking yeah, why. No, like, no, no, no. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, very. Me too. And it's weird though, Lewis, because I actually was rapping with a group of guys uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about like if they woman made like X amount of money and was doing this, like I asked them like, so y'all would stay at home and just you know kind of like clean the house and watch the kids. All three of them, man, yeah, we, I was Hell just. No. And, 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 and to me, I, I'm like, I don't know if I just had too much pride. I'm looking like, bro, I don't care how much. It's no way possible. I'm letting that happen. No I, way possible. I, I'm, I'm a slightly disagree. The only way. I would be with that is if I had to do that for her to trace her dream. If I had to do that in order for her to do something that she absolutely wanted to do and the, and it worked out where I had to do that for her to chase it. And I knew I was sitting back, let her do that. I would do that now. Yeah. But sneak that that's different. Them motherfuckers being lazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, they just But I think, I think it goes down to this. Now I don't know the group of dudes you was talking to, but I will say this. They named it. Huh? They name is uh see no. here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the traditional mindset hurts us in that case, and I'll tell you why. Mask ma- uh toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Oh Jesus. No, I'm not gonna jump into it, but what I'm saying is is like I'm gonna tell you why traditional ways work against us. Okay, I, let's just say for the sake of argument, that conversation y'all was having was based on like like she made more, we I make a little bit less. My money. No, 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 no. I'll give you the context of what it was based on. Okay, she give me the context. More. She makes more, and they said, "Would you switch roles with her? You would stay home and do the household duties, and you would be okay with that." All three of them said yes. Hold on, hold on. But, but my question would be, why do I need to come home? Why do I need to come home just because she make more? Like, no, no, no. It, it got to be a reason why you asked me to come. Why do I no, need to go home? No, they were just saying that they would quit their job and be okay and content with their wife going out here being the, because the conversation was, would you be okay with your wife being the breadwinner and you being a stay at home parent basically? And they say, yes. It gotta be circum. Now I wouldn't just like quit my job cause she make more, but if I had to do it for her to get something she needed, I I, I would consider it. Cause I yep. think- mm. I That's just, different though. That's different. I understand that. That's different. It's values though, man. It's value. Like I find value in providing. I find value in providing not only for my family, but for myself. I don't right. feel comfortable Spending other people's money. So, Lewis, I want to ask you this. Nitty. Mm-hmm. Ready. All right, I'm going to ask you this. <laughs> does your need, does your value of providing only fuel your ego? Or is that something that you truly get validation? You don't need anybody to say, like, hey, Lewis, I'm glad you did. You don't need anybody to affirm you. You don't need anybody to give you words of affirmation behind it. You truly, when you do that, it's really like, I'm straight. I'm good. Or is it one of those things that you do it because it helps you feel more secure about you? Does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm asking? Yeah, it's control. Okay. All right. Absolute respect. Yeah, it's control. Like I do it because I, you know, I went without. Yeah. So I, I, I've always in my life I've been working towards making sure that I don't go without, and my kids don't go without, and my family does, doesn't go without. 
So um, for me, it's just a security in it. And it's just me for just to me having, having control to making sure that that you can choose to do those things, you know, but I want to make sure that I'm doing it um, for me, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not an ego thing because I could give a damn what someone else thinks about it. I, I do it for, for me. I do it for me. And it's a control thing. Do you think see, ego for, is tied me, to every, do you think for, ego for is me, tied Lord? to other people? Huh? Do you yeah. think ego Yeah, I do. Oh, I disagree. All right. I, because I, I, I Jay, you so, about to say something. Huh? I was about to say I was about to say for me, I'm just starting to get to where Lewis is. For me, it was a complete opposite. I was doing it for validation, thinking that that was supposed to, like, that's going to help me feel like more of, like, a, a man and what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And as I started getting older, I started realizing what Lewis is saying. Like, when you do it for yourself and you're not doing it for the validation and seeking that, it brings a level of calmness and completeness and fullness in your Ooh, life man. that you've yes, never been able to experience before. Yeah. Peace. So I agree. But I could be honest and say before then, I wasn't like that. But I don't think... I I agree with both. Knowing y'all for a long time, I absolutely believe both of y'all. The ego piece, though, I don't think ego has anything to do with other people, though, in my opinion. I feel you like don't ego has anything to do with other people. Say that again? I, maybe, I don't have a, maybe I don't have an understanding of it. I think ego is good because I think it's confidence. I think it's assurance that you need. It takes ego to public speak. It takes ego to do some a lot of the things that you do, right? It takes that, that self-assurance. Um, I, maybe I don't understand the full context of what ego ego means, King. No, I think I think people just use ego in a negative way so much that it makes it sound so bad when you say somebody is yeah. you know has an ego. Yeah. But, because I think I'm, a, I'm think me crazy, but this happens all the time. I could be riding home, and I could be riding home mm -hmm. and reflecting on the day, reflecting on where I'm at in my marriage, reflecting on my money, whatever the case may be, and I'm liable to say something to myself like. Bro, let's go get it. Like, stop playing. Let's go. But but it has nothing to do with how anybody would see. Like, what result is going to come from that conversation with myself? To me, to me personally, ego is the. First of all, I hope every dude has an ego. I don't. I get that people say ego is bad. I will hope that every dude. Has, um, women, but women, women like that, bro. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, yeah, bro. There is no, there is no woman that has ever won it. I don't even care. I'm not gonna say that. What? What? <laughs> oh, never mind. But hey, <laughs> no, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. I will say this though. Yeah. I think ego has everything to do with with just another bag. I think ego has everything to do with insecurity. And I think once you once you face your insecurity and you do that, ego then has everything to do with self validation. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so most of the time, our egos lie hand in hand with our insecurity. Like, if you think you ugly, you probably gonna go buy everything to make yourself look flashy because you don't believe, because you don't believe you look nice. So whatever the case may be, I can't with all the different examples, but I think once you really like, you know, I am who I am. I got a good personality, whatever the case may be. I'm not her type. I may be this person type. Your ego helps you every day wake up and be who you are unapologetic unapologetically. Right. right, but that's why I equate ego with attitude, dominance. I equate ego with like, uh, like your or your energy because, like, if it like like y'all were saying, if you walk into anywhere, no woman. I'm not trying to be funny, but ain't no woman really gonna be like, "Oh, that beta male looks so sexy." Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, can't, can't wait to go talk to him. Y'all see that simp in the corner? You facts. know what I'm saying? Like, why come you gotta on, be a bro. Like, for? Nope. Whoa. 
Y'all see that simp in the corner? Like nobody's saying that. So at yeah. the end of the day, I think also too, what works in relationship too, is that's what, why they say opposites attract because if she's more of a conservative, you know, type of like, hey, I'm a chill type Bob, that ego that he has is like, you know, overbearing and strong. That's what attracts her to him. Mm-hmm. So I think it can kind of work in your favor or not. But for me, I equate that ego to attitude more so than like, like you said, with like, oh, they might think I'm ugly. So I need to kind of dress it up a little bit because people really do do that. I don't sure. equate my ego to that. But yo, is it wrong? Is it wrong to have, is it wrong to be self-assured? Like I, I, I uh, hell no. I don't give a damn what people think. Like, if I feel like I look good, fuck it, I look good. I know I look good, damn it. I don't care how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm smart, if I'm great, if I have greatness on the inside of me and I'm born to win and I have gifts, you know, on the inside of me to to do certain things, you're proclaiming, but that's what you're proclaiming it though. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, you know, it takes ego to get off there and say it, but hell, stand on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I don't feel bad, and I feel like people make you feel bad for just. I was just about to say that. Yeah, being assured of being sure of who you are, and I think it's really because they're unsure of themselves that they haven't found their greatness. And one thing I, I was telling someone at my job the other day, um, you ever notice that when you try to grow to to ascend in life, people around you will tell you that had never done this shit before will tell you that you can't. But if you ever talk to someone that's ever ever where you want to be, they'll always tell you that you can. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yes. Yes, bro. You know, so it's it's like I've I've learned in my my age and in my time on this earth, thank God, that that it it's really about understanding who you are and now I'm getting older and who you're around and who you can share certain things with. For Some sure. people don't have the mind progression to be able to handle people. I know when I go in, I can't even talk about you know, the things that I'm doing financially or or the type of house I'm buying because people are like, you're going to do what? Oh my God, what was wrong with you? Because you're spending this much, you're doing that? Yeah, you ain't never done it. So you don't know. Sure. You know what I'm right. saying? You don't exactly. want to, to do this type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Them days of what you know or what you're comfortable with, what's a lot to you and a lot to me anymore. For you sure. know what I'm saying? For sure. And um, that's I can't be afraid to get out here and do these things because that's, that's, that's the trajectory for me. That's where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? I've been saying it for years. And um, one thing I would say say to folks is, um, don't don't never allow other people to put their projections onto you. Like sure. if you know and you got a gift on the inside of you and you know you're great, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. For sure. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why you feel that way. That passion that you have, that talent that you have, it exists for a reason. No one can tell you that. No one can ever tell you what your dream is. For right. Sure. You, but that's they, but they was... right. no one no one could tell you that. Only you know that. So that's that's it. So proclaim it, man. Don't be afraid and don't don't try to don't try to limit yourself to make other people comfortable. That's some bullshit. Who was that? Hey, hey, but where we where we was at, bro? We took a brief bro intermission real quick. But where we was at was Lewis said, Is there any I ain't gonna I ain't gonna forget this because I had a bag to go down. This hopefully this is our last clip, but it's probably not. But um Lewis was saying, like, is it wrong with like knowing you like knowing feeling yourself, knowing absolutely not. And I would say second to what you said about like talking to people that that don't know where you're going versus talking to people that's at where you want to go. The number one thing I learned, bro, everybody in life should have a mentor and you should have three different types of mentors. You should have one that you're related to. You should have one that you're that you're not related to 
and it's not that formal. Y'all didn't, you didn't pay for this mentorship. Y'all just kind of bonded. And it's like, he looking out for the little homie. You, he the big homie, you the little homie. And then you okay. should have one that you're willing to pay for. Cause the reason um, being is, I think where we mess up is nobody can rule your, your trajectory of where you're trying to go. However, mm-hmm. knowledge across that trajectory when you're going up, knowledge in those different realms of where you're going may not look the same from person to person. You understand what I'm saying? Because right, like, right. Um, so to, to say what I was going to say, Louis, is like, it comes down to environments, yo. People don't realize that some, some relationships or, or associations aren't based in, hey, how you doing? They're based in, hey, can you do this? Hey, bro, mm-hmm. I need like, you know what I'm saying? That That's not uh, that's not our relationships. But like you said, how we were just talking about how we met each other in a genuine place in our life. And we've mm-hmm. all grown, got families, did everything we're doing. There are some relationships you get in rooms now. It's like, yo, I have a podcast and I do photography and I have a brand. There may be somebody that needs a media outlet. Bro, true story. Saturday, me and Mike, Saturday, me and Mike was uh, in the city. Mm-hmm. Chilling. Met a, met a, a, a DC-based artist that's really, really big that we cooking up some things with. I'm like, there's no way she knew who we were. But you walk in a certain room and you talk about certain things, all that is based off how we can help her and how she can help us. And we right. both know that. There's no... Right. There, you get what I'm saying? There's no in-between the lines like, oh, well, no. Hey, we need to do this, 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 this. And that's what it is. So a lot of times as Black people, I hate it, our environments aren't set for like set for, I want to say success. They're not set for longevity. Like they're not set to like try to get you out of places that we've been to, but I don't think there's nothing wrong with tooting your horn, bro. And I, and I think a lot of people scared to be in the rooms. I'm with it, dog. I'm with you too. Yeah. I'm with you too, too. I I think, uh, I think it's your environment, man. You know, it's funny. We moved to Charlotte. And people think like, well, you know, like my job is remote right now. And I think we're going to be remote in this industry, but I would have moved anyway. Right. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I would have. And part of that is just because I believe shout out to Fred Taylor and um, I'm athlete. He said, he said something that's been sticking with me. Exposure leads to expansion. I love a podcast, bro. Yeah. I love it, bro. So exposure leads to expansion. Right. And I, I believe that like I, I wanted to come to a bigger city, a larger city where I, where I could still be comfortable, like being closer to home, but also be in a space that's growing and where I'm going to run into different people. And, you know, I'm I'm moving up in a social economic status as well. And I want to get exposure. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to be if, it, if this I want to go to the nearest, biggest platform, the largest platform closest to me, essentially. Sure. Right. I want to get near those people. So I'm in, I'm in a place right now where uh, a lot of the wealth is in Charlotte. I may not have it. Um, but I want to be around it because I understand the impact and the knowledge and even some of the things I've gained since I've been here. Keenan, and I'm pretty sure uh, DJ um, J-Dub would agree with me, your growth, a lot of your growth were, was able to take place because you moved to DC. Would oh you be God. the same thing? You know what I'm saying? If, yes. you were, if you were still in Greensboro, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure And that's no knock to you, but you're exposed to more. Now you're taking risks and now you're doing these things that, you know, a little country right. boy from, from Raleigh probably wouldn't have done. For sure. You know that's true. That's very true. I'm, I'm, bro, I'm with that 100. That and, was, and, I, and I agree with you. I haven't uh, uh, done what you guys have done yet, as far as like move out of state, but it's definitely cooking. But yeah. I think with my job is with the traveling. Me and Keenan have talked about this. The traveling for me it. has exposed exposed me to so many different things that mm-hmm. it's like that now. 
what I realized about just basically y'all saying that you got to like change your circle and stuff and kind of like your surroundings and your environment. Because when I come back from traveling with all these big city mindsets and just yep. all these ideas of just being on the road and in the room and thinking of different things, if I bring that back to people, a lot of them not receptive to that. They're like, bro, They're what not. are you talking about? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, because I just came from New York and you haven't even been like to Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. you still think that going to Charlotte is cool. Like, right. not, not that it's a knot, but I'm just saying. No, like, I know what you mean, bro. It's you get what I'm saying? It's like, you tell somebody, hey, let's take a trip to, like, even with, I know a lot of people talking about passports. Like, you know, you're at the age where you want to start traveling outside the U.S. and doing different things. You talk to some people about passports. They, they like, passports, they ain't even been to, you know, so it's all about your environment, man. When you get to those environments, even though you don't have that wealth that you're claiming now, Lewis, you're going to get that because you're putting yourself in position to receive it. The same thing that Keenan did when he moved to where he moved, he put himself in position to receive what he's getting now. Yeah. Hey, bro, you gotta, now, it may not work for everyone, right? But for yeah. someone like us, I seek information. I see every time I go somewhere, I seek to learn. So I know if you put me in this environment, I'm going to figure out what they're doing and I'm going to apply it, just like you said uh, back in the first segment, to me. And all right, I'm going to take this piece because I want this section right here. So I'm going to figure out how to how to apply that to my life and get to that point. For you sure. know what I mean? Like, I, I do not believe in coincidence. I believe that your surroundings are are, are certainly a reflection of the person that you become. Bro, I, bro absolutely. And, and two things. First of all, it's crazy that I used to hate living here when I first moved up here. I he did not want to go. He did bro, not want to bro, go. I was like, yo, like, what? <laughs> and now, bro, I'm telling you, like, I tell my wife all the time, like, she'll say something about moving back. I'm like, for what? Why, why are we like, <laughs> bro, I promise you, I will move back, but I'm going to be real, bro. Cameron got to almost be graduating college. Like, I'm like, I'm to the point where, like, I'll be moving back. Like, the only way, I ain't even getting into that. But anyway, so the one was moving. Uh, moving and the second thing was, bro. I think that my risk taker, my risk taking nature in a place like this wouldn't have served me back home because mm -hmm. I would have took risk for what? Not saying that there's not people doing great things in North Carolina. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is literally just being a risk taker. For an example, you reach out to somebody for whatever, and it's because you're 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 near Maryland, you're near DC, you're near Northern Virginia a lot of money that may instead of you getting whatever you thought that may turn like no but let's get on a call to see if we can do lunch one time i have may have some other opportunities for you mm -hmm. because the environment here is growth the environment here is just growth all the time when you it, and i hate to even use this because this is a real sticky situation that's why gentrification is happening so bad right now where i'm at because the growth the growth everybody See, everybody, I was crazy in 2018 when we got a townhouse built. But when they built the hospital right down the street and the equity blew up, now I'm not so crazy. But everybody mm, like, yeah. Yo, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have a kid, just me and my wife. I was like, no, they're, they're building this. But now that they're doing all that, now I'm not so crazy. But I said all that to right. say, that all got built in three years. Three town centers in a hospital. Like that, wow. that's running. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bro, mm -hmm. so like, it's just the mentality of knowing. And, and this is the thing I had to learn. Every opportunity don't work out. But if you're in a place where opportunity doesn't work out, but you can go get the next one, that's where you want to get another one. Yeah, that's yeah, right. bro, that joint, that joint crazy. But the last question I kind of want to transition and close out on, 
how do y'all feel about you don't have to say what you do how do you feel about being where you are because we're all you know successful in my opinion versus the using the knowledge you learned to get where you are how much of that knowledge do you realize you could have been you could use it elsewhere but you feel too stuck where you at if that makes any sense in the world so I'll, I'll say the question again. So like knowing what you know now, doing all mm-hmm. the things you did to be successful. Okay. How much has that, do you ever think like, damn, I wish I could take all this knowledge I have now and go this way, but you feel like you got too much skin in the game and what you doing. I think for, for me uh, personally, it's not that I feel stuck. It's the fact that I'm married with, with two kids and a lot of the risks that, I would, you know, take more as a single individual. Mm-hmm. I have to take more calculated risk now mm-hmm. because it's like the stuff that I want to jump out there and do, you you can take some of those risks, but like you said, the hit, sometimes the hit can be so devastating that it sets your family back so far yeah. that it's like, was the hit really worth it? Yeah. You know, and I understand that's what risk is, high risk, high reward. I get that. But for me, I wouldn't say stuff. I would just say I have to make strategic moves because I have a wife and two kids. Gotcha. Man, yeah, yeah. that was inspiring, bro. That was well said. That was inspiring, dog. For real. That was I appreciate it. Yeah, for real. That was deep, man. For real. Um, for me, man, I don't, man. I I, I have gotten to a point, and only because I I have gone gone in therapy, I've reached a point in my life where the things that I used to stress about are no longer stressors. So I've actually been able to reflect, and now I just appreciate the struggle, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like it made me. So what I'm doing now, which is the irony, is kind of like a reverse to your question. I'm learning to remove the behaviors that allow me to be successful because as I begin to uh, elevate, those behaviors no longer work. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. yeah. You tap know what I'm saying? That. Like, okay. That's good. Tap, in, yeah, tap into that real quick, bro. Yeah, yeah. That, so, that's, like, good. that's real good. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, when you, when you are moving up the corporate ladder, it's like a competition, right? It's like, a grind like who works the hardest who's here the longest who's willing to put in the hours but then when you start to get into leadership and you start to elevate it don't work like that it's who can be the most strategic who can adopt the most strategy who can make the company the most profitable right mm. who can who can be the most effective with with less time really mm. right or how can you get other people to be uh, effective so it's 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 more strategic thinking and that's kind of like how wealth is built right wealth is not built by working hard no, it's not. It's nope. not built by working hard. It's, it's a small part of the process, but it's not the it's entire small, one. It's, exactly. It's a small part. And that's something that I'm learning. Like, and, and um, my brother and I, we talked about it. Like, that's why 30 was such, and it's crazy. People put 30 on the pedestal, but I don't know what it is. Something clicks. I don't know what it is about that. It is. Hey, something definitely clicks, though. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but something clicked, bro. And I'm like, yo, Lewis, you can't grind. Like, you use all your 20s to grind. You can't grind in your 30s and 40s and 50s, bro. Or, or the grind has to change. You got to start using this. Yeah, you got to start. It's, it's what, what I'm learning, especially for us, if anyone that wants to build a wealth, to build um, a foundation that lasts a long time, it takes a long time to get it, right? I don't want overnight success because overnight success can lead quickly. But if yes. I learn to build wealth over time, it's going to take a long time for, for, for that wealth to go away, in my, in, just in my personal opinion, because... If I'm building it, I'm educating myself. And because I have my kids younger, like I took my son with me when I'm going to open my first investment account. Mm-hmm. And he was asking me questions. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's that's what I'm saying. But he's now getting exposed to things that I didn't get exposed to. And as he starts to see me grow, he's going to see how it's done, and then he's going to be able to teach his son those same things and those same principles. And I'm just learning that the game that I'm in now is about making strategic decisions over time. It's not about making the decision right now. It's about making the decision, the right or co- uh, right decisions over time. It's not about it doesn't have to happen right now. Agree. Yeah. So, Jay, my bad. You want to go roll or? You- no, 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 no. I was oh, just but- going to say that what he said was very good. And, and I agree. And I think if I had to add on, because I don't disagree with anything, I think a lot of times when you come from, you know, the mud or whatever you want to call it, you try to skip. You Everybody's so focused on a millionaire. Nothing wrong with being a millionaire. But no. you skip making the 200000 You skip yep. making the 300000 It's valuing you skip, that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, we skip all those. to. You know what's crazy? There are some people that make $50,000 a year that's still going to see a million dollars in their lifetime. Absolutely. But we think of it as like now, oh snap, if I don't be my first millionaire in my family, but bro, you ain't never, you ain't never had a cash flow of a hundred thousand. Exactly. How, 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 how we talk? Now I'm not saying millionaire can't be the goal, but nah. what I'm saying is my, like I use myself. And one thing Lewis said that made a lot of sense. And, and it's crazy to con- how the conversations come back full circle. I'm in a place with everything that I'm doing. I've okay. went through my skill period. Everything has a skill period where you accept every job, you do every interview, you do yep. crazy things because you're building skill. You learn the equipment, you learn interviewing, you sharpen communication skills, oral skills, sending out emails. Uh, you learn uh, uh, Facebook marketing, pay. you learn all that stuff. And then that's the skill part. That's the grind part that we get so stuck in is we feel like we rather have, if we got 10 clients and make $10,000 for some reason, we see that as the grind versus booking two $5,000 clients and being able to just have two and do have a team work for you to help make that same 10,000. Right. But I right. said, I said all that to say is like, I think the hardest thing to do is duplicate yourself. So when you start moving into leadership, the number one thing you do to grow is duplicate yourself. Absolutely. You may not, you may not literally duplicate yourself, but when you're in leadership, you have to have people under you that were doing what you do, and you got to duplicate your frame of mind on them in order to make it work. And a I lot agree. of people don't understand that. That goes to the difference of like, oh, you need to do this. Nah, duplicate you yourself. Can't work hard. You can't work hard to make that happen. You got to think to make that. Happen. Yes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because you got to understand how people feel, that, how that, they think, yeah, what's what going to make them. Go ahead, Rich bro. people, the wealthy, look at Elon Musk, look at um, Jeff Bezos, look at uh, Steve Jobs. They were thinkers. They had imaginations. They were like, this is a problem. Let's solve it. Yeah, they worked hard to, to get their visions to life, but were they really hard or skilled? They were just imagining. They said, hey, I got this concept. Yep. You know, Steve, think about it. Steve Jobs wasn't in there building an iPhone. He just had the idea. Yep. Right. And that's yep. what it's about. It's about having the idea, but also having the knowledge and understanding to put people in place, place. to bring your vision forward. To yes. like, that's it. That's what you leadership know. is. And I had yep. to learn that. It ain't me going and doing it. It's me figuring out who's best to make this goal and this, this thing happen. And I had to right. take that same approach into my life. If I want wealth, it ain't about you going out here working hard, Lewis. 
how can you figure out to put things in a certain place to work for you to build it, to make it happen? Yeah. So what do you do? You like you said, you go get certain investments. You start doing certain things Ooh. to where now when you're not working hard, this is working for you. Working for you. That's right. I, I agree, bro. And it's crazy because like and another thing to that is like you also as a leader, you got to be able to identify if they got it in them. Because sometimes you don't want to waste. Being strategic is knowing who you can who you can mold to think the way they need to. Everybody not gonna do it. And a and, part and of that I'm, is and knowing. I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna say something that's an unpopular opinion, but I don't care. That's the <laughs> thing that we do in the black community the most is we try to put everybody on that we know instead yeah. of looking at the skill set of whether it's friends, family members. We just try to include everybody because that's what we're taught. Yeah, man, we gotta bring the homies with us. We gotta know. Put the best person in that position for sure. that's gonna make y'all go to that next level. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, bro. And, and the hardest part, the hardest part is as a leader, self, I'm gonna have to say self-proclaimed, he really in the well, I guess in what I'm yeah, in my I, yes, I know, sure. but I'm thinking, I'm thinking we were talking in a professional setting. In the professional mm -hmm. setting, I am a I it's tears to it, but I in my professional setting. Like mm -hmm. I think another thing is like. Most leaders with true leaders, I believe leaders are born, not created. Now, with that being said, I do believe you can train somebody to lead people, but I believe the most effective leaders are born with some intangible talents, whether that be strategic thinking, whether that be communication, whether that just be motivation, whether yep. you, you know what I'm saying? Because Very honestly, true. like I think all great things come from a leader of men. You know what I'm saying? Like, I look at my coaches in high school. I don't know how he controlled our egos at all. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how he did it. And now when I'm looking back on it, when he used to do real crazy stuff, he was controlling it then. But I said all that to say, that was my first hint when he used to sit me down and teach me his method, method uh, methodology. He was showing me like, Kenan, this is how you get people to do what you mm -hmm. believe. Because I never but you, understood. You know, in the midst of you, in the midst of you having those coaches, though, Sneak, and, and Lewis, I don't know if you can attest to this or not, what you also have to have is a, a team of guys around you that understand the mindset and understand the vision. Like we always go back to the Bulls, you know what I'm saying? We always talk about Jordan. We always talk about Pittman, but people forget yeah. to talk about Robin. And the reason yeah. why they forget to talk about him, like he played a major role in those situations. Yeah. It wasn't about him scoring. He understood his assignment and he executed each time. And, and you that's know what we have. That builds a good team. And you know the crazy part about the vision, bro? It took me a long time to realize this. And, and 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 nobody told me this. I realize this, bro. Real talk. The one thing about a vision, they got to see it. You can't tell them. You get people around you and you show them where you're trying to take them. You don't tell them. Because when you try to tell people, they're not seeing the vision. You understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, you get around and you're like, hey, man, this is where I believe we can go. Did I? No, I think it's easier or it's more strategic to put them and let them taste what it feels like along the way. So they're like, damn, like, and then they'll eventually say, hey, bro, where, where are you going with this? And then you already got them. Yep. Because they're First, intrigued. Say it's again. The it's, they're intrigued. They're yeah. intrigued. They're yeah. in. And if people start asking questions, they care. I agree with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, when you, when you show them, they're like, hey, man, like, when the next time we doing that? Or how you feel about this? Or like, hey, bro, what, what you got going next? You got them. Those are the people that, that, you, that that and then the, the crazy part is, it's equally important to have people that want to know where you're going, mm -hmm. to actually help you versus just Very to true. know where you're going. 
very you see true. what I'm saying, bro? That because that world that world has changed the game a lot, bro. But but fellas, I know we wrapped up a lot, man. I appreciate y'all, bro. We might make this a segment, bro. I'm just saying, bro. What y'all doing next Monday, bro? That's all I'm saying, bro. Like, don't. Uh, I don't know, man. Hey, hey, look on Zoom. Hey, look, hey, look, look. That's what's up, <laughs> Millennials versus World, man. It's your boy K. Dot Mims. I got my bro Lewis. I got my bro DJ J. Dub, man. We out. Pause by MW. We ain't talking about cars.